right, welcome to your Friday. I remember it. <laughs> Thought you were going to go all off script. Me too. You're <laughs> listening to Crooked News, where we bring you crazy news, hilarious history, and the occasional listener story. All right. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Well, um, I was going to do four articles today. They're all pretty short, but I'm just going to cut it down to two because yeah. we're so fucking tired. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long week. Guys. It's been a long week, even though this is next week and we love you, but mm. we're so tired. Yeah. <laughs> Donate um, on Patreon to get more of us to remedy that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, are you ready? Yes. This is from SputnikNews.com. Sputnik? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Is it Russian? No. Oh, damn it. Okay. U.S. woman who sought agent penis at CIA headquarters made a visit to Obama's house. What? Mm-hmm. Agent penis? Mm-hmm. She's an idiot. She is. Jennifer Hernandez, a 58-year-old woman from North Carolina who made headline news earlier this year after repeatedly showing up at the CIA's Virginia headquarters, was found to also have recently visited the Washington, D.C. home of former U.S. President Barack Obama. Wait a second. Was she responding to something that involved the name Agent Penis? We'll get to it. Because... That's a red flag. Yep. That we all know. <laughs> like, see more butts and <laughs> chance to see me butt. And, you know, like, it's yeah. just. It's just very clear. Yep. <laughs> uh, fun fact Barack Obama has been the only United States president who decided to live in. Washington, D.C. after he was done. Oh, wow. Yeah. He liked that swamp so much that he stayed. Yep. Good for him. D.C. is beautiful. I can't blame him for that. Um, I've never been. I clearly don't know anything. It's fucking gorgeous. If I could afford to live there, I would. Um, Isn't it a swamp, though? Like, literally? Didn't they drain it? I don't. I don't think so. Uh, I'm pretty sure that happened. Anyway, continue. Um, we'll do a cricket news episode that is dedicated to the DC draining of a swamp. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Sounds good to me. Uh, the incident was revealed by U.S. District Court Judge John Anderson during a recent court hearing in which the official implored Hernandez. John Oliver. That's I what wish. I heard. I wish. (laughs) In which the official implored Hernandez that she needed to steer clear of all government-related facilities in order to stay in line with the court's previous orders, local outlet WTOP reported. Hmm. You have to meet people halfway, Anderson is quoted as telling Hernandez, stressing the importance of adhering to court orders. Despite the infraction, the judge went on to say the court would not revoke Hernandez's pre-trial release. We're trying mm. to help you, not punish you, he said. I mean, but... I don't know. 
You shouldn't be going to places like the CIA and the Obama's house. You have to fight the callings and you can't just go back there. The judge later added after Hernandez acknowledged that she had showed up at the Obama residence and had stated that she wouldn't go back there. But what was she doing? I think she's honestly just lost her mind. But about what? Uh, we'll We'll learn more here in a second. Although Whitney Minter, Hernandez's public defender, told reporters that she, prosecutors, and probation officials are seeking to resolve the matter without a trial, Minter did indicate that she was considering a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity for her client. After oh, the, damn. Yep. After the court hearing came to a close, neither Minter nor prosecutor William Reed offered any further details on the proceedings. Anderson granted the case a continuance for a February 11th court hearing. Hernandez stated Hernandez gained attention in May after it was revealed that she had made multiple attempts to gain entry to the CIA's headquarters with the first attempt taking place on April 22nd. Whoa. Uh-huh. Um each time, however, she was turned away after her request to speak with her CIA recruiter were rejected. It was during Hernandez's fourth attempt that she also asked to speak with an agent penis. What? Yep. The North Carolina. What? Yep. I can't. <laughs> the North Carolina. I'm out. <laughs> the North Carolina woman was eventually charged with a Class B misdemeanor offense for refusing to leave the grounds. Um, Did she not get a like whatever the fuck crime charge? I don't know what it would be of like knowing this shit's going on and like. I don't know. Whatever. You you know what I'm saying. Like. I don't know. Never Uh, mind. I'm not sure. I know that she got the class B misdemeanor. Because she wouldn't leave. I mean like misdemeanor is so. Nothing though. I I think it's because she's. Insane. I think that's part of the problem. Um. So, this next one is NYPD bus Bronx woman who could be responsible for making 24,000 bogus 911 calls. Oh my god. 24,000? Tw- uh, um, no, they messed up in the title. Police say officers are investigating a pattern that involves more than 24,200 911 oh, calls no. since June 19. Or June 2019, and 200 calls on the day of the arrest. Oh my God! Um. So the the NYPD says officers arrested a woman for a bogus 911 call that was placed last Friday, but they are now investigating whether she's behind making more than 24,000 of these types of calls since the summer. That's so many. It it's too many. That's. <laughs> That that's just that's literally insane. Yeah, that's more than I make in six in years. In a year, <laughs> six years. Yeah. Oh God. The caller allegedly stated to the nine one one operator that there was a fire and smoke coming from the basement, which subsequently there's a fire and smoke. Hmm. Sorry. <laughs> uh, that is literally how it's written here. I know. 
coming from the basement, which subsequently caused multiple police and fire units to respond at the time of the call. In the end, officers arrested 38-year-old Yogita Persaud of the Bronx shortly after 2 p.m. Friday while oh investigating God. what turned out to be a false 911 call. And she was on the phone again with 911, making another bogus phone call while they were arresting her. Oh, my God. <laughs> According to police, Persaud oh was... Oh, my God. <laughs> she was charged with making a false report, making a false report of emergency. There was fire, then a false report of emergency, obstructing governmental administration and aggravated harassment. Um, Whoa. She has not been charged with these incidents and is, since it is under investigation whether she is responsible for all of these calls since June of 2019. She has made more than 24,200 calls to 911 that have been bogus since that June of 2019. an insane amount of phone calls. It's too I many. I mean, I can't even get up a phone call to call, my, to call a professor. Yeah. I, what? I don't even have to call when I'm late at work now. I just text the people who are important. Yeah. That is insane. Um, the NYPD compiles a list of 911 bogus callers. According to police, Persaud ranks at the top if she was responsible for the thousands of prank calls. Police remind the public that responding to a prank call takes resources away from responding to a real tragedy. True. Um... She told News 4 that she has a lawsuit against this 47th precinct, but she wouldn't elaborate further. And attorney information for her was not immediately known. Oh, my God. At the time of this article. Which was a few days ago. That's crazy. Yeah. It's too many phone calls. All right. So Sweet. We are suddenly sober. We are suddenly sober. And awake. <laughs> and very awake. <laughs> Strawberry awake. Very awake. So, uh, we didn't start recording till way too late last night. Yeah. And then I got very tired. Very suddenly, because I'm 97 years old today, this weekend, so... <laughs> <laughs> and has dementia and, and i have <laughs> dementia and my hip is hurting and yeah it's been a great <laughs> i suddenly have a splinter in my finger i have no idea how it got there i woke up in the middle of the night with my finger hurting and i was like when did i get a splinter it just it's it's been a weird time my toe still hurts oh <laughs> but uh we're going to see mean girls and we're leaving to go drive to cincinnati in about 30 minutes so we figured (laughs) (laughs) so we decided to go ahead and record my half this morning instead of trying to force me through it with my eyes half open last night so yeah (laughs) (laughs) sorry if that's weird for you it's weird for us too so (laughs) (laughs) all right so are you ready yeah i'm ready okay so I am going to talk a little bit about, about um, this woman named Hetty. Hetty. Okay. Yes. Um, if my computer will cooperate with me. Okay. Hetty <laughs> uh, Green. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've heard that name before. Otherwise known as the Witch of Wall Street. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not a magical witch, by the way. <laughs> not our kind of witch. Not, not the cool kind of witch. So, um, okay, so this is a Mental Floss article called mm-hmm. The Life and Times of the Hetty the Hoarder, the Wolf 
the wolf of wall street the witch of wall street <laughs> <I'm> sorry <laughs> this is written by therese therese one ill one ill one one ill it's o-n-e-i-l-l i don't know o'neill 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 it's o'neill oh <laughs> Anyway, okay, so, ready? <laughs> yep. Okay. We we promise we're not drunk. Uh, I'm not drunk. <laughs> I, I swear to drunk, I'm not God. Okay, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so there was an old woman often seen plodding up and down Wall Street at the turn of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. She walked alone. Her black faded so dress. Yes, so she was a witch. <laughs> yeah, she fits into the category. Yeah. <laughs> into the list that we did the other day. Um, she walked alone. Her black faded dress was dirty and ragged at the seams. She carried a case with her with a pitiful lunch tossed inside, usually graham crackers or dry oatmeal. What? Right? <laughs> and this is back in the time when graham crackers weren't nice. This is when... Kellogg was being a weirdo and making Graham was the other Kellogg. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he his his idea was this cracker that tasted like shit with no <laughs> sugar in it or anything like that. And someone yeah. else, when he died, was like, "Let's add sugar. These are these would be amazing." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, literally, just like cornflakes. So this is not when graham crackers were nice. Yeah. <laughs> so this is shit graham crackers and, and dry, dry oatmeal. oatmeal. <laughs> She was such a familiar sight with her grim face and strange dress. Everyone called her the Witch of Wall Street. Because obviously she's a witch. Yes. Burn her! (laughs) She was Hetty Green. And how much do you think she was worth? Like how much money do you think this woman had? Ten trillion dollars. Oh, you're not that far off. Three point eight billion. Oh, but that. Hang on. Let me see if that's been um, converted. I'm sorry. I was thinking about the national debt. No. Oh yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> oh, okay, so yeah, so that's in today's dollars. That's what oh she was wow. Worth. I was like three point eight billion in that time because <laughs> that was a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. She was worth $3.8 billion in today's money. How? I don't think even Beyonce is. Right. So I thought this would be really fun to do because we're coming up on the Christmas season. It is about to be upon us. I know it's not Thanksgiving yet, but Kay and I are both really excited for Christmas this year. Yeah. Like I'm weirdly really excited for Christmas. I haven't been this excited for Christmas in a long time and I'm not even doing anything for Christmas. Yeah. Like like, I'm excited. My brother's getting married. mm -hmm. It's going to be, we're going to have a lot of fun and Josh and I aren't doing much for Thanksgiving. We usually travel for Thanksgiving and stuff. So Mm I'm just really, we're staying home and I just, I am ready to have my Christmas decorations up. So (laughs) this woman fits into the Scrooge miser category here. So this, with the Christmas season upon us, I figured I'd give us a little Christmas carol that's a a true Christmas carol. I'm down. But I don't think it has a happy ending. (laughs) So we'll see though. In true... (laughs) In true Carrie fashion, I'm yeah. sure it doesn't have a happy ending because I, I truly don't remember. But <laughs> she 
was such a miser and that's how she's got that's so how much she money. had so much money because she ate dry oatmeal and didn't buy new clothes and you know what i'm saying yeah so in the season of giving let's remember that you can't take it with you yep and be generous to our fellow man and use hetty as a cautionary tale <laughs> <laughs> yes so hetty was born into a wealthy whaling family mm-hmm. um, in 1834 she was an only child and her mother was too sickly and fragile to help raise her. Um, instead, her father and grandfather saw to her care. They trained her to handle money shrewdly from a young age, reading her stock market reports as other parents read bedtime stories. Oh my God. That sounds fucking awful. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I would rather fucking die. Every time you talk about the stock market when you do your intros, I'm just like, what? <laughs> i don't even what who even knows what the dow jones is like you know I, mean? I just hear it and i'm just like i don't know what that is but it's interesting it sounds important yeah <laughs> someone gets it just not us <laughs> so hetty was a financier uh-huh her handwriting was sloppy and riddled with misspellings but she surely knew her numbers More importantly, she knew how to increase them. She oversaw tremendous real estate deals, bought and sold railroads, and made loans. She was particularly adept at prospering during the downfall of others. So this is like, isn't this depression time? What? what 1834 was when she was born? No. I don't remember when the depression was. Great Depression didn't happen until uh, 1930s. Okay, so this is turn of the century then, yeah. still. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's about to be depression time-ish. So, 100 years. Well, no. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're in that... We're in that weird industrial time where the coal is everywhere yeah. and everything's starting to kind of up and come mm-hmm. in America. Um, she... And with the Rockefellers. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, yeah. we're in that time. Mm-hmm. Sweatshops and child labor and... Yeah. Good times. Um, <laughs> so, uh, she, so she was particularly adept at prospering during the downfall of others, buying falling stocks, foreclosing properties, and even holding entire banks, entire cities at her mercy through enormous oh. loans. So she was good at prospering off of people's losses is what it sounds like. Wow. That's what that means. Okay. Yeah. Woo. Depend- uh, this is strangely in tune with the episode we just put up. I know, right? <laughs> it totally fits. It does. Um, depending who you asked, she was either a brilliant strategist or a ruthless loan shark. Collis P. Huntington... The man who built the Central Pacific Railroad and personal enemy of Hetty called her, quote, nothing more than a glorified pawnbroker, unquote. Wow. (laughs) That's fucking rude. That's really harsh. Yeah. Hetty's audacity was apparent early on when her aunt, Sylvia Howland, died in 1868 and left two million to charity. Hetty was incensed. She challenged. Okay, the, now I hate her. Yeah, she's the worst. What? Like, <laughs> we don't like Hetty. Like, yeah, no, that's not what this is about. <laughs> she w- she challenged, and this isn't one of those things where, like, if a man did it, it would not be as big of a deal because mm-hmm. it's absolutely would be like. Yeah, it would be. This is this person is a shitty person. <laughs> yeah, 
Okay, so her aunt was amazing and left $2 million to charity. Mm -hmm. And Hetty was incensed. She challenged the will in court. Oh, my God. Presenting what she claimed was a previously written will that left everything to Hetty. (laughs) With a clause that specifically invalidated any subsequent versions of the will. Of course, the courts determined that clause and Sylvia's signature has to be a complete forgery. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And Hetty lost the case because she, of course. So, okay, so I'm mad she left all this stuff to charity. So I'm going to go and make sure that it specifically says that she leaves everything to me. (laughs) What? Why would you need to be smarter? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She and that's what I think they they were talking about in the earlier. The whole thing's misspelled of like everything. (laughs) Yeah, everything being misspelled and like all that. She she wasn't really book smart, but she was like she like was really only good at money. Yeah, it seems like just unashamedly and unabashedly. Give me money for this. Give me money for that. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't mean that she had like social skills (laughs) (laughs) in any way. None. Um, so this was one of very few losses that Hetty would allow in her lifetime. Would allow. Oh. Yeah. That's an interesting choice of words. Mm-hmm. All right. So this part is called tough love. Yikes. Love was not something that could be tallied in an office, and Hetty struggled with it. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like it. She believed, rightly, that she was surrounded by gold diggers and did not trust the men who showed interest in her. Yeah. I I couldn't say I blame her. Yeah. Like, to a point. To an extent, though. Yeah. She was 33 before a man who possessed his own modest wealth wanted to marry her. Mm. This was Edward Henry Green, with whom she had two children, Ned and Sylvia. Oh, she named her after her aunt. That's sweet. Mm. In a way in her weird cold unfeeling way (laughs) unfortunately edward wasn't nearly as good with money as hetty was even though she had made every effort to keep her finances separate and the pre (laughs) this is funny to keep her finances separate the pre quote women are humans unquote 19th century banks kept using her money as if it were his oh my god yeah yeah Hetty put a stop to this. Yeah. And Edward moved out of the family home. His finances rapidly declined. I mean, smart. Yeah. Can't blame her. I can't blame her there. Honestly. Yeah. Hetty, however, refused to fit the mold of a, of a complete villain and nursed her husband during his dying months. She then wore widow's reeds for years after his death, making her Wall Street appearance all the scarier. Oh. Meaning she was all in black and wore like the black veil and stuff like that. Oh. Joys that's, of motherhood. What? That's really sad. Yeah, I think she loved him in her way. Yeah. You know? Well, she just was like, okay, you can't spend all my money. Yeah. She loved him and like loved her children. And mm-hmm. like you said, that is tough love. I mean, she she had to she she had to put her foot down. I yeah. can't blame her there. Uh, we're not going to like her for too much. Oh God, longer though. So I, I'm going back and forth. The whiplash here. Is... Oh, well, let's talk about how how she was to her kids. Oh God. Um. So their two children lived a poor existence with their mother. Of course, they fucking did. Sylvia was not a pretty girl. <laughs> she wore cast off clothes and made few friends. Oh, she was mostly silently shadowed 
she mostly silently shadowed her mother, sleeping next to her on a cot in whatever rented room they happened to be living in. Ned, some would say, suffered even more. When he was a teenager, he was struck by a child driving an express (gasps) dog cart pulled by a St. Bernard. I think it was like a mail cart. Yeah. Um, Ned's leg was already lame for reasons lost to history, but the accident left it in serious need of medical attention. Hetty, ever the dutiful mother, took her son to a free clinic in the city. She's a fucking billionaire. You needed to take him to the fucking hospital, you fucking cunt. I mean, this is 1800s medicine, but still, pay for someone who... Knows what they're fucking doing. Knows a little better of what they're doing. Yeah. Unfortunately, Hetty was too recognizable, and the doctors demanded payment, as they would from anyone they suspected of faking poverty. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Hetty decided the leg would likely, likely knit itself and given if given time no it won't um especially with her helpful home treatment of quote oil of squills oh jesus christ and carter's litter little liver pills (laughs) ned's leg worsened yeah until after suffering a fall down a flight of stairs while visiting his father edward realized the depth of the injury and called a doctor so his dad finally helped him out the leg was amputated with ned's father using his own dwindling money to pay for it rather than haggle haggle with hetty oh yeah 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 all right i hate this bitch i hate her so, but that's the thing is like there's things that you should spend money on. Yep. Like you don't want to buy the cheapest dishwasher you can find. That's where you want to put some money in so it doesn't leak all over the place and that kind of thing. You yeah. also don't want to take, you know, your health is another thing you should spend money on. Yeah. Good money on find a good person who's not going to scam you into all this stuff you don't need or you know what I mean? Or, yeah, exactly. Or just see you for five minutes and charge you $200 for an appointment. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> You know, it, it, it's, we we don't need extravagant clothes. Yeah. You can be thrifty. You know, yeah. you don't need a super expensive house, but maybe something that you're comfortable in, for goodness sake. Yeah. Spend a little money here and there. You don't have to blow it like it sounds like he kind of was. But then at the same time, it's like, OK, you hear how she spends money, which is never. And then you're like, OK, so he was just like living life yeah. is what it sounds like <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. But also maybe a little too much like maybe he wanted a fancy coat too much or he wanted to spend a little more than he was bringing in maybe sometimes mm-hmm. but it and you, you know, know what, what I'm people do that it, it's just and the more you hear about her the more you're like okay really was he bad with money or <laughs> yeah are you just a tight-fisted bitch yeah. so in fairness hetty's medical frugality applied to herself too excuse me <clears throat> After 20 years of suffering a hernia, she finally... 20 years! Jesus Christ! A hernia! Oh my God. She finally allowed Dr. Paul, Dr. Henry S. Pascal... Allowed. Huh? <laughs> she yeah, finally allowed, allowed. ...to examine her in 1915. Mm-hmm. When she disrobed down to her, quote, old and none too clean, unquote, underwear... Uh, uh. Pascal saw that she did indeed have a severe bulging hernia. Her solution had been, oh my God, 
You ready to know what her solution had been? Oh, God. Her solution had been to jam a stick against the swelling held in <gasps> place by her underwear and the pressure of her own leg. So no. I'll just sit here like this. No. <laughs> and hold it in. No, she did For 20 years. You're joking. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. The article how, is how lying. Do I, how do I make this up? I, you can't. You can't make this up. But like... <laughs> like I don't if we understand. wrote a character like this, if someone wrote a fictional character like this that was this extreme, mm-hmm. the, people would, would say it was believable. bad writing. Yeah. 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 This is a real person. The doctor told her the extremely painful hernia needed an immediate operation. Uh, yeah. When he told her the cost of $150, she scowled and picked her fallen stick off the floor, replacing it in her underwear. No, she did not. You're all alike, quote. You're all alike, a bunch of robbers, unquote, she said, and left the doctor's office. No. It's not like she's skimping for money. Like, it's just... What? Honey... You could get septic. Like, yeah, that, it's really bad. And she also like it doesn't sound like she's cleaning herself or, Ugh. you know, like or her clothes very well or Ugh. anything like that. She's probably not wanting to spend money on soap. Yeah. You know, there's like necessities and things we all have to buy to like maintain our hygiene and our health. And yeah. it doesn't sound like she's doing that. doing any of that. So because what use is it? Oh, God. Hetty's peculiarities increased as she aged. She changed residence with a skulking frequency, moving from one small, unheated apartment to another. This was an attempt to hide from both the press and tax collectors. Of course it was. Yeah. She believed that this, combined with taking confusing and varied routes to work... (laughs) (laughs) At an office provided free by her bank, of course also kept kidnappers and robbers at bay. She's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) One source details her great discomfort when sleeping in a strange place. She wore safe deposit keys to various banks on a chain around her waist at all times and slept with a revolver rigged to her hand with strings when staying in a strange motel. Oh my god. She's got so much money and she's so stodgy with it. Yeah. Stingy with it that she's terrified of losing it. Yeah. Absolutely. To the point to where it's so extreme. It's just so extreme. That is too much. It's too much. Okay. The The next section of this is called, quote... I am called close and mean and stingy, unquote. (laughs) Yes. She also became fonder of public speaking as she entered old age, which is great. Yeah. These interviews are the world's only chance to hear the witch defend herself and to wonder if history has been too hard on the oddity of a powerful woman. Mm -hmm. Quote, I am not a hard woman, unquote, she told the one reporter. But yes, you are. Quote, (laughs) but... Because I do not have a secretary to announce every kind of act I perform, I am called close and mean and stingy. I am a Quaker, and I am trying to live up to the tenets of that faith. That is why I dress plainly and live quietly. No other kind of life would please me. Unquote. 
I doubt that. Except that, no. Quakers are, like, super cool people. Yeah. (laughs) Except that, no. They just don't believe in violence and stuff. Like... Yeah. And... Goodness gracious. I think they're actually very generous people. Like... Yeah. As... I Don't quote me on that, because I don't know. I I can't remember, but Quakers are pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I think they're, like, Seventh-day Adventists, where they're very like they very much believe in passivity and stuff like that so like mm-hmm. y- you could say i'm a quaker to like get out of the draft and stuff like that because oh. if um or be a conscientious objector or whatever it is you know yeah. because of their their beliefs um okay they have some weird stuff in their history too i'll have to do a, an episode about them yes, they're, yes, they're an interesting please. breed <laughs> <laughs> so hetty died at the age of 81 in 1916 Ned tried to make his mother look good. Oh. <laughs> he spoke of her he spoke of her many charities, though not one was ever actually named and none came forward to identify themselves. Yeah. He spoke of an old decrepit employee his mother had kept out <laughs> wait, sorry. He spoke of an old decrepit employee his mother had kept on out of compassion but was quickly contradicted by other office employees who remembered the man in question and Hetty's dismissal of him when he was no longer useful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, none of that seems consistent with her character at all, particularly if she tried to challenge her aunt's fucking will yeah, no. To pull the money from charity to give to herself. Her poor children. (laughs) Seriously. Okay, I'm almost done. Okay, so let's talk about our kids for a second mm-hmm. and where they went. So this is entitled Rebellious Children. Mm-hmm. Ned and Sylvia took different paths when they received their inheritances. Sylvia, who had married a man of reasonable means late in life, made few changes. Mm-hmm. But Ned craved adoration and high living. He mar- Probably because he was made to live... In poverty. In poverty. And, and lost his, his and leg. And lost his fucking leg because his mom wouldn't pay for anything. So he's like, now I've got money. I would like to fucking like eat bread. Yeah. And not like, you know, raw dry oats and graham crackers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like to have a fucking sandwich and some <laughs> coffee. Maybe, maybe some scotch. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd like a new, sh- a new shirt so I don't look like a street urchin all the time. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, so he married his first lover, a prostitute named Mabel, whom his mother had hated. I know. That's what, that's the, that's the old term. I'm sorry. (laughs) A sex worker named Mabel, whom his mother had hated. (laughs) Yep. Good job, Ned. Together, they sought popularity and acceptance, spending money in a grand fashion to accomplish it. They built mansions, bought a private island, and kept a passel of young ingenues referred to as Nick's quote unquote wards. Ned even yeah I'm not real sure yeah what don't that's know about. how I feel not, about that not sure how I feel about that either <laughs> um, Ned even constructed the largest and most awkward yacht then known to man <laughs> and then found himself too seasick to ever use it <laughs> naturally <laughs> he indulged in the new sciences of radio broadcasting from his own radio station at his Round Hill estate and allowing MIT access to his equipment for study. Oh, when Ned died in 1936, he had miraculously managed to maintain a decent fortune with all of this shit that they were doing. Yeah, he still had plenty of money when he died. That's crazy. That's how fucking rich they were. 
Wow. Yeah. He, they bought a fucking island. <laughs> and mansions, plural. Oh, God. And Built a yacht. their own yacht that he couldn't even fucking use. And a radio station. Yes. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so he left the majority of his fortune to his sister, which was very sweet. Oh. Um, and what did Sylvia do? The quiet, unattractive girl who was now one of the richest people on earth. What did she do with the money of a woman who could not abide giving anything away? She performed an act of rebellion. Perhaps her only one. Oh. We like Sylvia. Yes, we do. She left the fortune around $443 million. That's today's money. Wow. It's a fuck ton of money. That's too much money. At the time of her death in 1951 entirely to charity oh good for her isn't that good yeah (laughs) so it does have a happy ending god bless us everyone (laughs) another lump of coal sir (laughs) okay so the sources from that are really interesting so there's um charmers and cranks by ishbel ross and The Day They Shook the Plum Tree by Arthur H. Lewis, so which sounds super interesting uh-huh. if anyone's looking for more about the witch. <laughs> about the witch. <laughs> okay, so let's play a game because we were so into our weird recording yesterday that we forgot to play our game at the end of the episode <laughs> on Monday. So Yeah, you'll get our, um, if you had to, today. Yes. <laughs> so. And then we have to save and go. Yep. If I can get them out, goodness gracious. <laughs> All right. Here's your deck. Thank you. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So this is our game by Drunk Sunder Stupid called If You Had To. So it's basically Would You Rather. I think it's your turn to go. Oh, yeah. You ready? Yeah. Um, okay. So if you had to, would you accidentally marry your brother slash sister and only find out after your third child that's very oedipus yep. wow you pulled in it you pulled a greek a greek tragedy over there I and did. you just saw a greek tragedy <laughs> i did that's so funny okay or relive the same day over and over oh jesus i would pick that one i would pick yours yeah i'd pick mine too yeah yeah sorry <laughs> It's not you didn't like anyone's, know. Yeah, it's not like anyone's dying here no. or, you know. You didn't know and you probably love each other, so whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> um, check us out on all the things. Yeah. Merry early Christmas, and we'll see you next time. Yeah. And remember, you are not a monster. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcricket.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things Cricket, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Cricket. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. 
You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time. Bye.